Thank you for tuning in to another episode of 518 Talks, the podcast. I am your host, William Rivas. Today is a Wolfpack Wednesday special, uh, and I'm here with my co-host, Deshaun. Deshaun, what's up? How's it going? What what makes today special? What makes today special is, is we haven't really given the people any sauce. Yeah. All 2019. So yeah. today we're going to give them some sauce. We've been right? busy. We've been busy, but we will give them some sauce. Today, today you're going to get some sauce. So today what we're talking about is, is something me and you were having a conversation about, which is a entrepreneur and an entrepreneur. Right. So right. so let's kind of dig into that. So so dig in, you know, stick around with us. We thank you guys for tuning in. We want to start your 2019 off right. Entrepreneur and an entrepreneur. Um, those birds are the coolest thing <laughs> to be able to see right there. But um, what is a entrepreneur versus an entrepreneur? Well, a entrepreneur is somebody who talks about business, um, makes it seem as though they're business oriented, um, somebody who pretends to know what they're talking about, but doesn't actually sell anything. Um, there are a lot of people who have businesses that don't sell anything. And that's a real problem. Um, whether you're selling a product or a service or your knowledge, anything like that, anything could be monetized. But if you aren't making money from your business, then you are not an entrepreneur. You're not doing business. And I think a lot of people have that have that mixed up. They think, uh, you know, XYZ business at Gmail mm. makes them a business or saying like, hey, you know, I, I pay attention to the stock market or things similar to that makes them a businessman. And it's it's not the case. So really, I think we should start 2019 off by letting people know what it takes to run a business, what to expect and how to do business the right way. All right. So so I think what's interesting about what you're saying is a lot of the stuff that you're listing that makes a entrepreneur there are things that I did in the past because mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody. Same. So I, I think kind of what we want to do is is address some things because I think what people may fail to realize is uh, we were all given a certain level of business intellect yeah. intentionally. Right. So those people who are making lots of money, who have secrets to the sauce, they don't necessarily give out all the ingredients. Yeah. You know, they may let one go every now and then. It's It's not an issue of talent or ability or status or anything like that it's just the 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 gap when it comes to money has 100% to do with knowledge and access to that knowledge so how do we gain access to to the true insight of what wealth is because you know now that I know the difference between a entrepreneur and entrepreneur because again that was something that I did I had probably about 15 different businesses I wanted to run and I found myself doing a lot of stuff not getting a whole lot out of it. <laughs> right, right. I did a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And out of that, I gained a lot of knowledge. And there's no medals for valor either. And you're not sitting up here saying like, oh, I'm doing all this, so I deserve something. But no. a lot of people are running at 100 miles per hour, and they're trying to make things happen. But nothing's actually happening. But they're mistaking that movement for progress. Um, like I said, no medals for valor. So just because you tried doesn't necessarily mean that. You get a reward. This is different than when you used to play football at the peewee level. It's now business. You no know. medals for fourth place. Exactly. No medals for third place. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> it is how it is in business. Um, but yeah, that's that's basically that. So the goal is is we want to take as many people from being entrepreneurs to get as many people to being actual entrepreneurs as possible. Right. What are some ways that we're able to do that? Well, the way that we do that is we make sure that you're doing business the right way. Um, We make sure that you are 
structuring your business the right way financially. We're making sure that you are registered. We put our clients in a position to um, establish, build, maintain, and leverage business credit, different than your personal credit. Um, a lot of people don't don't know about it, don't know the difference, mm-hmm. didn't even know that it's a thing. Um, you know, your business credit score is on a scale from zero to 100. Um, a lot of people will say, yeah, my, my business credit score is, and they'll throw out, you know, 550 or 750 or something like that, referring to their personal, thinking that that's what that is, and that's not the and case. you, sir, have no clue of business credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's basically it. Um, so that's what we do for people. But if I was just giving general tips on what it takes to be an actual entrepreneur, well, first we talked about it, you need to sell something. Second, you need to you know you need to break down all the obscurity that's standing between you and your goals. So if people don't know who you are, they're not going to buy your stuff. So what does that mean? Well, you need to have a presence um, amongst your clients, mm-hmm. amongst your your staff amongst your community and online, obviously. And this is something you and I were talking about earlier, Takashi 69 Everybody knows who 69 is. Everybody was talking about him for a whole year. And I don't I don't follow too closely. I think he went to jail or went to prison or something like that. I haven't heard anything about him since that whole thing happened. You know, he's very polarizing. Everybody had an opinion about him, love him, hate him, you know, similar to the president, love him or hate him. And people you know, they're in the spotlight for a long time. Something happens to him and now he's not in the spotlight anymore. I can only imagine what that's doing to him financially, um, what that's doing to his businesses, mm-hmm. what doing to his music sales, his streams, um, his social media engagement, all those things. And it's because he wasn't consistent. He wasn't constantly putting something out there. So you need to make sure that you are you are constantly doing something for your business, whether it's scheduling meetings, yep. whether it's giving people um something free, but it's valuable, Um, whether it's posting on social media, things like that. And if you're not good at social media, if you're not good at online presence, you need to throw some money towards that. Somebody who does, right. (laughs) Get people who are good at it. For example, with the Wolfpack Wealth Group, we have Janice. And I actually posted about this on Facebook earlier today. We have Janice. She does all of our social media. Um, Later, we're going to pull this video pull the audio from here and put it together. You need somebody who knows how to do those things. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely don't have the time to do that. So I just want you to know ahead of time. Right. And you're the podcast guy. <laughs> when you watch this video and it comes out great and you listen to it online, I definitely did not do it. Right. <laughs> so I just want you to know ahead of time. It's going to come out great. It's going to be crisp. It's going to be great. It's going to be wonderful. William Revis did not do it, but it's still going to get done. And that that actually, um, that's a nice segue into the next thing I want to talk about is having a team. Mm-hmm. Um, you are the guy who does the podcast. Without you, there would be no podcast. This is 518 Talks Podcast. This isn't Will and Deshaun's show. This isn't anything else. This is your thing. However, from a technical side, there are times where you're like, Deshaun, how do I do this? How do I do this? Absolutely. How do I do this? Can you do this for me? Or Janice, can you do this for me? And, um, and, and. That's what's that's what you need is a team of people who basically fill in the the blanks, fill the voids of in your intellect and your ability and your knowledge, all that. And I think a lot of that struggle comes from when you when you look at a lot of us who are stepping into entrepreneurship, especially those that we deal with. A lot of us come from the struggle. We come from poverty. We come from a place of lack. And it was interesting because I had this conversation with somebody recently, which and they said, William, stop looking at things from a, from a place of lack and start looking at things from a place of abundance. And when you look at things from a place of abundance, then there's never really a scarcity. 
Um, I placed, I posted something on Facebook this morning and it was really talking about that. And it was like, um, I cannot think of it now, <laughs> but it was talking about, um, oh, if we do not control the resources, then somebody else will always control the narrative. Right. So historically speaking, right. Those who are in power have always remained in power because they've controlled the resources to stay in power. Yeah. So now we're in a position in which we're able to understand the language of wealth mm -hmm. and, and in, in being able to understand that you can therefore have conversations in which you can not only explain to somebody because it's different than saying to somebody you can make money too. Right. Then, then assisting them in changing their thoughts, feelings and behaviors around finance and then really being able to step out of your comfort zone to make money. And that part is the narrative. Yes. And the the information is the resource. Yes. So if you acquaint yourself with the information the right way, yes. then you will be able to, in a sense, control the narrative. Absolutely. And that's really what doing business is, is, you know, you promote, educate, inspire everything that you do. Yeah. And with us, you know, we have a specialized knowledge that we leverage to be able to make money. And we do that through partnering with other companies, bringing on clients. And that's not only with the business credit. That's with personal credit. That's with our digital solutions. That's with general consulting. That's with um, that's with branded merchandise and things of that nature. We have created a specialized knowledge and our niche happens to be businesses. So I think that's why we do as well as we do. Yeah. But it's interesting that you say that we have the resources. We control the narrative that way. Yeah. That's a that's a Kobe the Shaq moment. If you didn't catch that, I laid I threw up the alley <laughs> and he caught that and finished that. Right. So that's that lets you know how well we work who, together. Who's who? <laughs> I don't know. I think it kind of depends on the situation. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We're we're two-way players like that. Okay, cool. <laughs> but but that's really the big thing in what it is, I think we don't understand. What I see a lot of with people is is um, a lot of our people, their creativity has been stymied for generations. Mm -hmm. So people are uncomfortable with stepping out on their own and creating their own ideas, authentic and original ideas. Um, so what happens is, is you have a lot of people who do a lot of the same things mm -hmm. because they see a wave. Social media has really added to that. So if I come out with a pair of socks and no socks start to sell. There's going to be three, four, five, six, seven more sock companies that are going to jump in the next few days because people see socks are, are good. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is I think what we what we struggle with is because we come from that place of lack mm -hmm. is we lack the ability to, to be authentic or original because we fear that difference. And then when somebody else steps out on that because they believe in their abundance and they're like, I got a great idea instead of a sock company. Why don't I make sandals? Well, sandals wouldn't work because X, Y, and Z. That's what people would tell you because what you're saying is deeper than um, just, you know, uh, it's stepping out of a mindset. It, it's deeper than that because you got to think if you want to do something different now, take take what you're using as an example, the area that we live in, the people that we come in contact with every single day um, come from a place of lack. Therefore, what they're conditioning themselves to believe is that different things aren't okay. Right. And because different new change equals discomfort. And that gives our body response saying, Hey, don't go do that thing because it's scary <laughs> on a, on a primal level, do things that are safe that are going to keep us safe and everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not going to um, be the catalyst for any growth. You are going to be stagnant. You're going to stay in the same place and you're going to have the same issues. 
Uh, you're going to focus on the same problems, the same people, the same circumstances, and you're never going to be able to take that next step. Right. Like for an example of being able, putting yourself in a position to take a next step. We were talking about this just the other day. I know um, I, have, I have one of my fraternity brothers out in Buffalo. Um, he's actually from Saratoga Springs. Now, his dad is a doctor at Albany Med or something like that. But his dad does well for himself. His family does well for himself. He doesn't have to worry about minor things. Now, some people that come from a place of lack, they'll look at that mm-hmm. with envy, yeah. with jealousy, with anger. And then they will they will say that that's taking away from his experience. Oh, well, you don't know what it's like to struggle or you don't know what it's like to not have something. And people take pride in that. They take pride in not having something. And that, that is the weirdest thing to me because I know what it's like to not have things. But I don't know why there should be pride attached to it. Why do you think there? Why do you think it is that way? I think it's like that because in a lot of situations, I know for myself that with pride was all we had. So a big Mm -hmm. thing that was in my home was, uh, and not just my home, but homes of my friends and and people I grew up around was, we may struggle, but people don't have to know. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So what happens in the house stays in the house. So we may be struggling. We all know. That's the the problem is that we all (laughs) know. But your pride allows you to remain with your head above water regardless of the situation. I know a lot of times, because for me, I had friends who who had their fathers in their lives or, or they were able to afford different clothing than me. And I didn't. Mm-hmm. In fact, and this is, this is a true story. Uh, James Thomas actually gave me my very first pair of name brand jeans. Yeah. Um, when we were kids. Now, needless to say, they were like six sizes too big. <laughs> so, You'll go uh, <laughs> so watching him sneak me these pair of jeans and me trying to put these on and use the belt, but again, my pride, regardless of what other people knew, wouldn't allow me to not feel like I wasn't the man for that day. Right. So when you come from a place of lack, especially communities in poverty, um, our families, what we teach each other, we teach each other to be strong, even in the worst possible situations. Right. But what happens, though, is that puts a barrier on our growth. Mm-hmm. Interesting enough. A lot of the people that we've met with over the last few days, as far as clients, we've had a conversation and all of them have all said the same thing. I've done everything I could to get to this point. Right. I've exhausted my knowledge, my ability. And now I don't know what the next steps are. Um, here. Co- common theory, common conversation statement from everybody we met with. Mm-hmm. And it's a most revealing fact. It's almost beautiful in a sense. It is. Because now you're saying to yourself, well, I want to help you get to the next level. Mm-hmm. And as individuals, that's what has to happen. So and I understood that because a person said this to me, you know, William, you're co- I can see in your post, I can see in your energy, something's not right. You're coming from a place of lack. And I had to really look at where that came from before right. I could change it. Right. So I understood that it came from me growing up, my mom doing the best she could to provide for me, my brothers and my sisters. Mm-hmm. My mom did everything she could. And I had to keep that in mind. So I'm doing everything I can until I understand that there is something else I can do. Right. And until you meet somebody who has that knowledge or wants to give you access to it, you don't know. Right. So you find yourself at this place where I'm doing the best that I can. I'm doing everything I can. Why is it not working? Not understanding that your knowledge is ending right here. Right. And if you want to get past this proverbial glass ceiling they talk about, 
Well, you have to learn something else. So you have to have new experiences. You have to separate. You have to surround yourself with people with a different level of knowledge, different skills. And you need to create space within your mental capacity for that stuff to happen. Because if you are holding on to unnecessary pride, yes. If you are holding on to anger, a grudge, um, anything that is in the past that can't be changed, or anything that's not providing for you. If you are hanging on to that, you're doing yourself a disservice. Absolutely. Because you are you are putting yourself in a position where that energy isn't going toward the things and the people that you love. It's not going toward your your business or that idea you had for a business, leaving you as an as a entrepreneur. Yes. <laughs> um, it's not going to your children who so desperately need your love. It's not going to your significant other who just wants to be able to sit down and have a conversation with you, but the real you, the one they fell in love with initially, yeah. because there have been people, circumstances, and and things that have come up in your life that you're still hung up on. Um, people let things from weeks, months, years ago piss them off today, and that becomes your mood. That becomes your temperament, your mood, and, and that throws everything out of whack. But back to what I was saying about my buddy out in Saratoga. Let's say his computer breaks, right? Now, let's say it costs a grand, right, to fix his computer. Now, from where we come from, in a place where, where lack is more, uh, is more common than abundance, we'll look at that. No, can't happen. You buy a new one for all that. Yeah, you could buy a new one for all that. Hey, if we don't have the money to buy a new one, then you're you're out of a computer. Or if we only have a little bit of money, well, then you'll just have to get a computer that's not as good as the one you just had. Or, you know, whatever the circumstances, whether it be with a computer or clothing or you want to go somewhere or you need something to be able to do with your friends or you need something that you need to be that to be able to do something for yourself. We will take pride in like. Oh, we don't have we don't have the three hundred or the thousand dollars to fix the computer. You know, we'll take pride in that, like the struggle, like oh, that's expensive. The way that his parents think about it is, well, that's a that's just an issue that we don't need to have anymore. Mm-hmm. That's a thousand dollar problem solved. You know, n- we no longer have to worry about you not having a computer. Um, if there's anything that you need to use your computer for, whether it be school or business or personal use. We now, know you can get it done. You can get those things done now. Like it, the, when you can't, and I'm just using money as an example, but when you can't afford something and it's it's supposed to be able to solve a problem, if you have a problem that you can't solve because you don't have the money, you are taking away from your ability to do other things. Just like I was saying with the energy, you're now you're, you're caught up in, I don't have the money to fix my computer, mm-hmm. so now I can't do all the things that I need my computer for. Right. And I think like, we would look at somebody like that and be like, oh, well, they don't struggle. So they don't they're not as far along as I am in terms right. of being able to deal with stuff or in terms of strength or in terms of character or anything like that. But that's not the case. Um, I think we need to before we start to um, before we start to heal ourselves from that, that mindset that's just eating away at us all the time. I think we need to stop being so worried about what the next person is doing or what the next person has access to. I think that's a, that's a big problem <laughs> that that I see in our community. No, I, I definitely I definitely agree. Um, and I think for me, the beautiful side of it is and at one point in time being in that space where and I think, again, that's just one of those things that comes from a place of lack um, as kids in poverty. You're always so competitive. 
mm-hmm. whether it's uh, little league sports or even just a playground, uh, whether it's a spelling bee in class or whether it's a competition. We we were taught to be so competitive because, again, it's one of those things where it's it's all you have. Mm-hmm. So so you're conditioned. Your inner nature is to be competitive at all times. So like for myself, because I'm very competitive by nature, <laughs> um, it's something that I had to work on really over the last few years where honestly um, you would see the success of other people. There was actually a time where I was so frustrated um, that I really the question I asked for an entire year was like, why not me? Right. Because I saw other people stepping out and following their dreams and following their passions. I saw people being successful in this and successful in that. And I could not get it. <laughs> and then at some point I realized that that's why I couldn't get it was because I was so concerned or consumed right. with the, the success and achievements of other people. But it wasn't because I really wanted to be. It was just that competitive drive, that competitive nature that was pushing me, but I was going for things for all the wrong reasons. Right. And I find like right now, I see everybody starting their own businesses. I see people starting their own movements. Uh, I see people starting podcasts and those things. And nothing in me at this point in time where the space I'm in makes me feel like I'm in competition with anybody. And I find that to be the most interesting thing now because that's just the space I'm in. For me, it's just like, congratulations. That's awesome. Do your thing. Right. Keep grinding. Well, that's the thing, because there are people who emulate the things that I do. There are people who emulate the things that you do. Um, there are people who see that you have a podcast. They want to start doing a podcast. There are people who see that I started my own business. Well, I'm going to start my own business, too. And that that doesn't bother me at all, because if I liked it enough or I believe in it enough to start it, then why wouldn't I recommend it? Or why right. wouldn't I be excited for somebody else to start it? I don't look at it as competition. I mean, if I did... My, the way my mindset works is I'll just do it better than you anyway. So it's not it's not a competition mm-hmm. if I'm at another level than you are. But more than that, it's like I, even if you did better than I did, I don't care. You know, there are so many people out there that you can do business with or build yeah. a relationship with that you don't need to get upset about one, two, three, a hundred people. It doesn't <laughs> it doesn't even matter. I feel like um We'll let one or two or just a handful of people, you know, mess up our days, weeks, months, years, lives instead of just worrying about ourselves, worrying about what we can provide, how much energy we have left and where it's going. You know, I think a lot of people get wrapped up in the wrong stuff in that regard. Yeah, I I like the space we're in now because, again, we're we're helping people build businesses and build brands. you know, as I say, kind of because I'm 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 a holistic type of person. So when I look at stuff, I'm saying to myself, we're we're creating a cure to generational poverty. So we're taking people who may have grown up in poverty and we're teaching them how to step out by being financially uh, financially intelligent, making good business decisions, and really understanding the nature of business, which is which are all tools they can then pass down to their kids. Pass, passing down their kids. Case in point, we spoke with uh, we spoke with a couple the other day who they have children that are in college, right? Well, how many years do your kids have left? Oh, they got a couple of years. Well, if you have a business and it's been uh, registered for over two years and you're keeping a, you're not going negative, you're not doing anything crazy with your balance. And let's say you are establishing business credit. I mean, even if you weren't, you could still put yourself in a position to pull a loan two years later. So if you have a kid going to four-year university, mm-hmm. 
they're a sophomore business major going into their their spring semester. I'm about to finish my sophomore year of business. Now for the next two years, I'll actually learn about business. I'm excited. I'm passionate. I want to be able to start my own business when I leave here. As a parent, will you not pay the filing fee to be able to register a business under your child's name so that by the time that they graduate, they can pull funding and actually start their business? Absolutely. Let's say you want, let's say you had a, a kid that wanted to start a a tech business. I was going to say shirts, but we'll use shirts as an example. Everybody makes shirts. Um, let's let's say you have somebody who wants to start a tech company and they need a hundred thousand dollars to be able to do it. Well, how much of a graduate, how great of a graduation gift would it be if it was like, oh, you want to start your tech company? Well, here's this com- here's a company that I purchased for you mm-hmm. when you were uh, when you were a sophomore, when you're going into your junior year. Uh, we've established ten trade lines for you. Uh, five of which are at $50,000 a piece. So you have a quarter million dollars to chase your dream. And if you make a mistake, you're only 22. It doesn't matter. You can go fix it later. You got time to fix it. <laughs> you want it? Yeah, I want it. If my mom showed up to my graduation and said, here's a quarter million dollars and whatever you want to do, I would, I'd go start a business too. I'd be ecstatic. you know. And I think that that is actually something that we can teach our because it doesn't cost a lot to do it either. Um, you don't need thousands of dollars to be able to pull thousands of dollars if that makes sense um so you can put yourself you can put yourself or your loved ones or really anybody for that matter in a position to chase their dreams and not really have to worry about money at the beginning for just a couple hundred dollars you know save up for a year put it aside you got six hundred dollars start your business start your business become an entrepreneur teach our children how to be entrepreneurs um because that's the thing if you're if you're constantly working for somebody else i mean you're not going to get the things that you want i say every time we're on the podcast business is the only vehicle that you can be in to trace chase your dreams if you want to be a master painter you can open a paint and sip studio that's paying for all of your canvases all of your space all of your your colors all of your equipment and then you can use that, that money to buy a camera to be able to start your YouTube channel, things like that. You can make an online store where you're selling your art and your, mm-hmm. your merchandise and things like that. Create a following around that. You can sell ad revenue. You can sell ad space rather and generate ad revenue by uh, from your website. You know, you can put that into Google pay-per-click ads. You can put that into sponsored Facebook ads. I mean, the sky's really the limit. And this is all stuff that I've just learned probably in the last three to six months. Um, it doesn't take a long time to learn it. And once you know it, you, you're kind of playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. Absolutely. And that's what's exciting about what we're doing is now I can confidently have a meeting with anybody I feel in any industry, no matter how off the wall it is. I mean, we meet with a lot of people who who make merchandise. That That's great. And I understand why a lot of people make merchandise. But you know, I actually met with somebody who said they want to start a non-emergency transportation company. Uh, Deshaun six months ago would have been like, I don't know what you should do. <laughs> now I do. Now I do. And it's just from doing business on the regular. It's just through entrepreneurship. And if you are a true entrepreneur, you you will know at least some of like the initial steps or you can have the the site to see to see further into the future as to where you can go with this, where you can take this idea, how you can blow it up, how you can be as big as possible. That's the kind of stuff we need kids to be able to know. Yeah. That's the kind of stuff we need, you know, somebody who's 12, 13, 14, 15 to get exposed to at that age. Those are the conversations that we need to have 
with, with people. I read a book called The Talent Code um, by Daniel Coyle. And he said that there were, it was a, it's a Caribbean country. I don't know the name of it, but they're excellent at baseball. And it's like super small country, but you know, the baseball coaches that are working there, they're, they're getting phone calls from the kids and the kids are saying, Hey, if a pop fly X, Y, and Z, and they're asking them questions about the game. And the reason why that's important is because they're thinking about the game. And that's why those kids are so successful because they're eating and sleeping and breathing baseball. That's what I do. You do. Janice does. Travis does. Earl does. That's what we do with business. Um, You know, we come down to the office. We talk business. And this might be lame, but as soon as I get in the car, I'm getting a phone call from Earl because we're going to talk more business. (laughs) You know, and it's because we're thinking about it. And that's why we're able to attract this stuff in our lives. So imagine if, you know, your daughter, she's having a sleepover with three other girls and they're talking about how they can start their own whatever, you know, that would be that would be amazing for the youth of not only this area, but the world as a whole. Yeah, I, I think we're really on to something as usual. Um, the energy, the vibe is, is always what it is. It's, it's always great. Kobe Shaq, you see the alley, you see the major key alerts in between. You know what it is. Um, so I think I think we didn't gave enough sauce today. Um, so we're going to have y'all tune in next week for another episode of five, one, eight talks with the, with the wolf pass wolf pack Wednesday, um, today, entrepreneur versus entrepreneur, um, make sure you like share comment, uh, get the info out there. We appreciate you tuning out until next week. Sell something.